On Sunday mornings in 2016, we are uh, in a theme of strong and courageous. Our current series as a part of that theme is called Fearless Family. We're talking about the house that God has built and that God intends for you to build. We're not talking about an actual house, but it's a metaphor. It's a picture for a family. Last week we said, if you want to have a, a strong, lasting house that uh, leaves a legacy that lasts for generations, you have to build on a, the right foundation. And we said primarily, there, you'll remember there were two parts to that. One is knowing the Word of God. And second is living the Word of God, modeling that for your children. And as part of that, we want to help you here at Northside. It's not just about what you hear from the pulpit. We want to give you some very practical steps because we realize anytime you have families, well, just families that have people in them. These are the only ones that really have problems. The families with people in them are going to struggle because we're all flawed. We're all dead in sin. We all have parts of us that struggle. And when we get a bunch of those people together, you're going to have some dysfunction. And so we are offering for you, actually, Elaine, our wonderful counselor on staff, Next week, following uh, the lunch, uh, we'll be right here and anyone can attend. And it's called Fearless Families Working Through Relational Conflict. Now, it's not family conflict. It's anyone that's struggling and it's working through. You say, oh, man, if I go to this class, everybody's going to think I have problems. Well, no. <laughs> we just want to help people who are serious about not just saying, oh, I have problems. We want to give you some answers, some practical tips. And this sermon series is not nearly going to delve into as much of the practicality of some of your family's issues and things and relational issues that you're working with. So if you're interested in that, please talk to Elaine and get some more details. But there's where, where and when it is. I hope you'll plan to attend. It's going to be great. Every year we have a women's conference, and this was the 10th year for the annual Women Walking with God conference. It's a well-known conference. Uh, well over a thousand women uh, attend every year. It's it moved it out of Hartman Arena. It's a big deal. They have world-class speakers. It's, it's a very moving weekend. What I want to tell you about as we begin this morning is not that conference, but a lesser-known conference that some of you in here have attended it's the MWTC conference, the Men Watching the Children conference. As all of the ladies and moms and wives go to the Women Walking with God conference, the dads are left behind to you know, run the household. And for the last 10 years, I've been uh, the, the keynote speaker at the MWTC conference. Our theme, though, the women's conference changes every year. At the MWTC conference, is always the same theme. And the theme is this. That's not the way mom does it. Where's mom? We miss mom. I tell you that little story. It's a true story. I mean, it happens every single year. I have to repeat the words. Look at me. Am I as pretty as your mother? Okay. To help them understand that dads and moms are different. But it also reminds me how important Christy is to our family. Well, what a pivotal uh, structural wall we would call her, as we talked about last week. She's, she's one of those load-bearing walls 
Uh, the, I, can, I don't even like to think about how, our family without her. Uh, Zig Ziglar had a funny phrase concerning his wife, the redhead, Jean, and he would say, if she ever leaves, I'm going with her. And that's exactly right. Moms are hugely important. They play a, a pivotal role, not just in the family, but in the lives of the faith of their children. The nurturing, the love, the comfort, all of that comes from a mom. There are times when my children, you know, whatever it happens, whether it's a scraped knee or trouble at school or just a rough day, the person they want to see, the person whose lap they want to jump into at that moment is mom. Moms, you have a special role, and sometimes I know that seems difficult. It doesn't seem like it's an easy role. Uh, it sometimes seems like you're not sure if you're doing the right thing, if you're not uh, doing what God has called you to do. There's a, a famous, rather famous mom in Proverbs chapter 31. You want to turn there? This, uh, this woman is what we would call a super mom. Now, we're not going to read through all the verses, but the first 28 verses of that chapter describe her as a, an amazing woman. She's up while it's still dark. Her, her children are perfect. She's, she's sewing clothes. She uh, has a successful career. Uh, she's a world-class chef in today's Vernacular, we might say she's up at 3 a.m. She keeps a spotless home. She, she runs a six-figure Etsy business. She's a PTO volunteer. Uh, she runs the church nursery. She leads a scout troop. She, she uh, is super busy and perfect, and she does it all powered by just a little coffee and some chocolate. This woman in Proverbs 31 is perfect. In fact, she is what we might call Pinterest. If you're not familiar, Pinterest is a social media site for women. I've heard it described like this. You see your wife scrolling through a phone and then you eat, you eat salad out of mason jars for dinner. Oh, see, only the women got that. Pinterest is this crazy social media where women put out all their ideas. Oh, I'd like to do this. Oh, I'd like to do that. Oh, I'd like to do this. And it's just all the things she thinks about, but it's somewhere where she can put that out in on social media. And so other women can look at things that other women are thinking about thinking, oh, I should do that too. Do you understand that you have an unbelievable level of expectation not just from the world, but mainly on yourself. You allow the world and culture to tell you that if you don't do all of those Pinterest projects, if you are not the Proverbs 31 woman, that you are not enough. You focus on the first 28 verses. You focus on what everybody else is doing on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You only see the good sides of everyone else's kids. You only see the perfectly clean houses. You only see the, the master projects that worked out. But what God wants you to, to notice is what I hopefully will call to your attention this morning. In Proverbs chapter 31, first I want you to notice the very first verse. I'm sorry, the very tenth verse. <laughs> uh, the writer says there, 
a wife of noble character, who can find? He's calling attention not to her, who, what she does, but who she is. And he finishes the chapter in verses 29 and 30. He says, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You see, of all the things that the, the perfect woman did, all the things that Proverbs 31 did, what the, the author really wants us to pay attention to is not her works, but her faith, her character, where she put her trust. It was in the Lord himself. And that's what, what we're called to, not only as moms, but to encourage our moms not to be a perfect mom. Because the truth is, the perfect mom has just one fatal flaw. And that is, she doesn't exist. There is no such thing. Oh, you may read through Proverbs 31, and there may be some attributes that remind you of your mom. And that's wonderful. But there is no one, no woman, who lives up to that perfect expectation. There is no one who fulfills all of those levels. What I want to call you today to do is to be a mighty mom. A mighty mom is someone who is flawed. Her, her children throw Temper tantrums. She doesn't always bring home a perfectly locally grown organic meal, but she has faith in a perfect God. She is a woman whose strength comes not from her own abilities, but from God. Not in who she is, but in who he is. Mighty moms are imperfect, flawed, but they are real. And they do the work of God every single day. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you're on social media, I wanted you just to, to take a stand for a little bit. One time this week, I want you to post an imperfect picture of you, of your household, of your children. Little juniors down there throwing a tantrum in the middle of the grocery store. I want you to just step back and take a picture. Okay? Hashtag Mighty Mom. Because mighty moms are real women who go through real stuff. And unfortunately, I feel like in the church sometimes, women feel that same pressure to be everything, to be a perfect wife, to be a perfect mom, to do all the Pinterest projects. And let me tell you, it just doesn't happen. What God wants, what God needs for you more than anything is to fear him and to love him and to trust him. So sometime this week, uh, just, just keep it in your mind, but, but put a real picture of a messy household, of, of children who aren't perfect, of, of a mom who isn't all put together, and be real, and fight against the current of social media and perfect moms. I want to say to you this morning, if you are a mom who stays home with your children, good for you. You're a good mom. If you're a mom who works and has a career, that's fantastic. You're a good mom. If you're a mom who the only time her kids eat is when they're going through the McDonald's drive-thru, 
Good for you. Life is hectic sometimes. You're still a good mom. If you're a mom who gave your kids a home-cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner, God love you. I don't know how you did it, but good for you. You're setting a beautiful tradition in their lives. You're a good mom. If you're a mom who, whose kids sit quietly and use their manners in the fancy restaurant and strangers come up to you and brag about how wonderful your children are, well, good for you. You're a good mom. But if you're a mother whose toddler has a meltdown right there in this produce aisle of Dylan's, we've all been through it. Hang in there. Today's not over, and you've got to make sure that child lives to see tomorrow. You're a good mom. And to all the moms who have ever been a mom, who have ever laid one ounce of judgment on another mom, glass houses, friend, glass houses, dare we not judge another mom She has given the children that God has given her and her husband alone to raise. Now, you can help. You can encourage. If you see a mom struggling, you say, here, can I help you? Wonderful. Good. That's the kind of church we ought to be. But don't you dare judge a mom who who, it's all she can do to get the family there, who leaves feeling like she got nothing out of it. You encourage her and you tell her, thank you for bringing your children today. With spilled milk and spilled Cheerios and coloring books everywhere, you are doing kingdom work. I want to remind you this morning of three mighty moms who were not perfect women, but they had inspiring faith. We're going to look at them this morning and then we will be done. Number one, the first mighty mom I like to think of is a lady by the name of Hannah. If you're turning in your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel, for Hannah, does not start out in a good way. It it says, starting in verse 10, In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. If you're a mom here this morning and you're struggling, you, you know, your newborn infant will not go to sleep. You wonder if you're ever going to see sleep again. If, you, if you're struggling with that teenager who, just, they're just not believing in God, trusting God. If you wonder if they're ever going to make it. If you're getting ready to send your, your senior off to college and you're just weeping for, for all the things you feel like you haven't done. You can relate to Hannah. Now Hannah was crying for a different reason. You see, her womb had been closed. And in her... Inability to have children, she was weeping and she brought her trouble to the Lord. Maybe Mother's Day for some of you women is terribly difficult because you haven't been able to have children or you've lost children. It's a very sensitive thing. Hannah can relate to you. Hannah made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if only you will look upon your servant's misery and remember and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used. This is a beautiful picture of a mother fervently praying. And in fact, she's, she's praying at the temple. 
And how does the very spiritual priest Eli respond? He sees her praying. He says, verse 14, how long are you going to keep drinking, Hannah? Get rid of your wine. He doesn't even see faith in her. He just sees a crazy woman whose lips are moving. He doesn't see that. But Hannah keeps praying. She says, I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. And so in 17, Eli answers, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant what you have asked him. And she said, uh, I'm sorry, in verse 19, it says, early the next morning they arose and they worshiped before the Lord. It strikes me that it's a woman who, who didn't have everything, who didn't have the things she wanted most in the world. And yet she came to worship. She came to praise the one who she knew could open up her womb again. Elkanah lay with his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. My mom, if you're struggling, I want you to know that God remembers you, and God hears you, and God hasn't given up on you, so you don't give up on him. And in the course of time, Hannah conceived, and she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel. Because she said, I asked the Lord for him. Now, there was that one mom's faith, and more specifically her trust, that would bring forth a prophet. And oh, the story of Samuel is so powerful. Because the scripture says, in those days, a word of the Lord was rare. Don't you know, had it not been for a trusting mom who didn't give up on God but who trusted him with all of her heart and leaned not on her own understanding. Israel may not have had a voice. And little Samuel would grow up to be the Samuel prophet who would speak truth to kings. Where did that come from? It came from a mighty mom named Hannah. Secondly, turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 28 through 38. Luke chapter 1. Verses 28 through 30 it starts out with a young woman. Young woman historically may have been, if she was with us today, she would have been maybe sitting in this section right here. And she's been living her whole life just right. You know, she has followed the True Love Waits campaign. She has, she has pledged herself to, to not uh, lay with a man until she's married. And, and an angel comes to her and gives her a message, a message that... Any young lady in such a situation probably wouldn't be too excited to hear. And that is, you're pregnant. What? Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And you, he will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And all of that's great, but what's her mind thinking about? Uh, did, did you say the P word? Verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked. Since I am a virgin. Verse 35 says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the Holy One to be born to be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing, for nothing is impossible with God. Now, young ladies, I, I point to you because, uh, you know, you're in a position that Mary would have been in. Can you imagine? Can you imagine getting such a lure, a message from God himself, and you go in and try to explain that to your parents and to your friends and to the community? And can you imagine all the whispering? Oh, that was a Mary. Oh, what did she do? Can you imagine the shame that she had to carry? And the... The explanations that she couldn't give. But what did she say? What did she say? She said, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Man, that's, that's tremendous faith. Mary didn't understand like Hannah didn't understand. But man, did she obey God. And we know Jesus today, and we know his life, and more importantly, his death and his resurrection. Why? Because there was a woman who was young and who was pure and who had done all the right things, and yet God had a very, very radical plan. And he allowed her to be the mother of God Most High because she was willing to be God's servant. So trust God. And obey God like Mary. And finally, the scripture that was read for us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. The story of Timothy is very interesting. It's in Acts chapter 16. I'm going to go through all of it, but Timothy's dad was not in the picture. At the very least, he was an unbeliever and probably not supportive. Uh, Eunice and Lois and Timothy... They didn't live in a God-fearing culture, and yet Eunice and Lois continued to bring young Timothy to the temple to, to train him in the scriptures that he had known from infancy. What Eunice and Lois did was so impactful in the life of young Timothy. Chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, Paul writes this, I have been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. You see, Eunice, she could have given up. She could have let go. She could have said, well, you know, I, I, Dad's not really in the picture. He's not the spiritual leader he should be. I live in this godless culture, and I don't have any help. And, uh, you know, she could have just given up. I, you know, I'm just not going to bring young Timothy to, to the temple. And she never would have met Paul, and, she, and that whole story never would have been written. But she didn't give up as she sat by him and she would sing to him the scriptures of the Psalms and read to him the promises of God. She was planting in his little heart seeds that would not germinate for years, but would take root as he would begin to be a young leader in the church. And all of that happened in Timothy's life because of a woman named Eunice. All of these stories are in the story for one reason, to give moms hope. So single mom, you are not alone. 
trust in God to raise those children. Let the church help you. Worried mom, stop, stop. God is still God and he is still in control. Envious mom, you need to remember that godliness with contentment is great gain. And God did not give you other people's children. He gave you your children for a reason. So be content with doing the work that God has for you. Protective mom, you got to let go. You got to let those babies leave the nest. You got to train them. You got to guide them. And heaven help us pray like Hannah. Please remember that control in your hands is just an illusion. Struggling mom, you don't even know. You're not even sure you should be here today. Don't give up. God is your refuge. Trust him like Hannah. Obey him like Mary and persevere like Eunice. You serve a mighty God. And with him, your ordinary work becomes a mighty work in the kingdom of God. There are those who say that this is ordinary. But don't let that fool you. Mother will always be the bravest, least ordinary, most difficult, utterly challenging career that anyone ever hopes to lay claim to. While others might hear, diaper changer, food maker, laundry doer, carpooler, bottle washer, sweatpants wearer, life on hold, want to be doing anything else, woman. The truth is, whether it feels like it some days or not, you are in fact a shelter from the storm. You are a cape of good hope. You are a warrior who will do battle for your children's hearts, souls, attention, innocence, education, and memories. Go to battle, my friends. This is your time. We will hold strong on either side of you. We will pray for those bottles through the dark watches of the night. And when doubt comes and children break, when adults fail them, and when they push and push as hard against us as the day we deliver them into this world, we will not be broken. We may ache and see cracks tear through our hearts. But we will get up again tomorrow and we will load the clothes and the words that need to be said again and again and again. And when the world tries to claw at them, to break them, to smash the beauty in them, may our walls hold true. May the lessons we've told the truths we've lived, the life we've spoken into them come back easily, predictably, with wash and repeat ease. Kingdom business, Jesus' work, this shaping of souls, this raising tiny humans. There are those that say this is ordinary. Don't buy it for a second. Mighty. You are mighty because you, Mother.
Moms, I need you to remember just one thing. With all those moms, they weren't perfect women. They didn't do perfect things. They weren't mighty in their own self. If we could interview them this morning, they wouldn't say they were mighty. But they trusted in a mighty God. And mighty God does not need you to be able. He only needs you to be willing to not give up, even when it gets hard. Galatians 6.9 says, Let us not be weary in doing good, but at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So don't give up. And if this morning we have some moms here who need some encouragement, who need a shepherd to put an arm around them and pray with them, or who needs a whole church to just stand alongside and say, We are here with you then come down front and join us and we'll help you in whatever way we can because you are doing God's work. You are doing kingdom work. Don't give up. And if anyone else needs to come and put on Christ so that you can have not just hope for today, but hope for eternity, we bid you come, please, together as we stand and sing.